Welcome to the Freedom Chasers podcast, where we bring you interviews and discussions that share the stories, successes, goals, and dreams of real estate agents and real estate investors pursuing a life of purpose and freedom. But today's episode is completely different. We're bringing you a new real estate investor who has not gotten in the game yet. Someone that has been sitting on the sidelines for years observing, but has not yet decided to tip his toe into the water, but says enough is enough. I got to get in the game. Even though the market might be recessing, it might be crashing, who knows what's going to be happening, but it is enough. It's time because he wants to have a life of freedom and purpose, and he knows he can't do that without real estate. And so Rudy... Thank you for coming on our show. What we'd like today is for you to give the best and most complete picture of where you sit right now, mentally, emotionally, in regards to real estate, so that our audience can can feel what you're feeling and understand maybe they have similarities, maybe they want to invest in real estate and they're, they're not. So kind of describe your current state and what you see as the future. Well, first off, I want to say it looks like my coaching has worked out. That is, so, yeah. that's a very mm-hmm. fantastic and energetic intro there, Matt. Wow, you've <laughs> been paying you. attention. Well, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, uh, yeah. So, where I sit currently right now, like, it's interesting that you use that phrase. It's like, oh, you know, uh, me as a real estate investor, or even because this is more of a partnership, also with me and my wife, uh, we're kind of like tackling this together. Um, but to to hear myself labeled or identified as a real estate investor even though we technically haven't made a solid deal yet though yes there's some things that are working behind the scenes in the meantime but it's it, that that title itself always seemed like it was reserved for others and not for me like i would i've never saw that as an obtainable uh, a title to have um, you, when you hear real estate investors, you think of the, me- the 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 mega moguls, you know, like a Donald Trump or so on. You know, you think of these big wealthy individuals. Uh, you don't tend to, I don't tend to put myself in that category. Why don't we talk about the emotions that you're feeling as as you're absorbing mm-hmm. that title? Like, how does that feel? What, what is what are your expectations moving forward now that you're starting to accept the possibility that this is a reality? Yeah. So the feelings are it's it, it is an adjustment uh, to understand that because th- th- it's not just having a title and, you know, anybody can call themselves whatever they want, you know, whatever the case may be. But now that that I'm actually dipping my my toe in the game, it it it, it is very and me and Matt have had these conversations it is foreign. It is it is a whole new world of of language. It's it is like speaking another language. It, it's thinking in a dynamic way of of not just about your finances, but but property ownership and things along those lines. Because we're we're my mind was always that in order to be investor or or have multiple properties, it was something that you kind of like built your life to. Uh, you you could attain freedom by buying properties for rentals, but that usually was reserved for people that actually amassed wealth over their lifetime. Well, I wouldn't say wealth, but collected enough income throughout their life to eventually, once they retire, they can take their retirement and savings and buy property that would then yield some other income. And that was kind of like the trajectory that I was on. Okay, we have a house now, so we can enjoy the savings that we're enjoying now, and then hopefully eventually maybe... Once we retire, buy another property that could all supplement some income as we retire. So that was my mindset. Uh, 
And then along comes Matt to kind of like kick down <laughs> that door and say, hey, there might be something that you could tap into in the midst of the opportunity that you've been given uh, that you have never thought about before. And at first it was a pie in the sky kind of thing. Like uh, me and Matt, because I host a podcast too with me and my cousin, and we actually talked about this whole scenario. <laughs> and one of the things that, that it initially sounded like to me, though I, I do not believe Matt is this person. Uh, I love Matt and I trust Matt, and he's an honest and uh, up, upright, upstanding guy. But it just sounded so much like a get-rich-quick scheme. And that was hard for me to wrestle with because it's like growing up, it's like you kind of don't you don't fall for those kind of things. It's the one thing you don't do. Uh, but th- there was some weight because of who Matt was. And he's never steered me wrong and always looked out for my best interest in my past real estate dealings, whether it was you know buying a house or lo- and being really open and honest. And when, when, when he brought this to me, and I'm just like, okay, a lot of questions, a lot of feelings, a lot of emotions, mostly anxiety, a lot of anxiety, even right now sitting here uh, thinking about it because here we, we, we sold our home. So now that ease and comfort and security that we, we had, it's not that it's gone away, but now there's a dollar sign sitting somewhere else that we're sitting on that. Okay, so we, we have to do something with it. Uh, so there is anxiety because when you are in that sense state where I was, you kind of tend to let, you know, kind of ease it off. But now, now, now the heat's turned up because now something needs to be done. We just can't sit around anymore. So there's a lot of anxiety. I would say that there's a lot of anxiety right now. I'd like to tap into the decision. Mm. So, because you had reached out to me asking me like, Hey, how's the market doing? Where are we at? You know, those types of things mm. you had mentioned to me on a, on the previous podcast that, you know, essentially you had been watching from the sidelines, seeing what's going on. What was it for you that triggered, like, I want to check out the market and I want to see what's possible out there? Well, the, the initial reason, because me and Matt, we've known each other for quite a number of years. And he, he was my real estate agent when I bought the home that I recently sold. And one of the reasons why that we 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 reached back out to Matt, uh, you know, we've talked here and there throughout the years. But one of the reasons why we reached out to him was because there was a need that our family w- was, you know, that, that arose. We needed a bigger home. The home that we bought no longer could fit <laughs> the, our growing demographic because we were actually, my wife is about, and here's another anxiety. My wife is about to have, you know, we're on our third child and she's eight months pregnant. And we make this whole move right in the middle of that. So we're just layering the complications on each other. So I contacted Matt and I was like, hey, uh, we're thinking about trying to sell and either buy a fixer upper that's bigger with more space because we need it. And that we started looking and a couple deals that we were looking at just completely fell flat. So getting a little discouraged because then we're going to, we're going to be stuck in this home uh, for the, for the foreseeable future when we really need to branch out and get a bigger place. So Matt came and talked to us and was like, here's, here's, here's an opportunity. And I'm like, mm, okay, Matt. And I, I think that's what really, really sparked it was because it, I didn't come to Matt wanting to be an investor. It's not like I had this great epiphany all of a sudden. Like, I am going to become an investor, and I'm going to, in five to ten years, be a millionaire. I wasn't thinking that way. I was just like, hey, Matt, we need a bigger house. Can you help us sell ours and figure out a way of working your real estate magic and getting us a bigger place? Uh, and then it just turned into the situation we're in now, where now I'm sitting in a room with Matt and we're talking, making deals with 
on properties now. So it, it, it's exciting and exhilarating. But yeah, my initial re- thought was not real estate investing. It was just a bigger house for my family. Now that you're getting started, like, what does your vision look like right now, as of today, for, let's say, the next 12 months of your real estate investing journey? And that's really interesting because after my meeting with earlier today with Matt was completely different than where it was before that meeting because I'm still learning um, how to – I am a visionary. I will say that. So I do see – I love seeing the bigger pictures of the things that are in front of me, but usually I have some kind of apprehension and understanding of what those things are. This is a completely different animal that um, I have not given too much thought for uh, uh, to because – I always thought in order to get started in this game, you had to have millions at your disposal ready to drop down on properties in order for this to even get going. That's typically what you hear uh, on the, the mainstream side. It's like you have millionaires buying all these these properties all over the country and just seeing instant returns on investments and things. And I'm just like, well, I'm never going to get to that point. Um, so it's – it. So where I sit now, whereas is not understanding like the I don't want to say it the well there's not inside baseball I wouldn't say that but there there's tricks that need to be learned not that they're tricks to cheat the system but there's ways of of dissecting deals and looking at properties and being a visionary to say hey this on the surface looks like this but then we can see it in a completely different way to say hey even though it looks like this here's different ways of attacking this to figure out different ways of getting returns on it so it's not just here's a house buy it rent it out but here's this property with this different dynamics that we can do so many different things with and that started with with conversating with matt and that's one thing we're really starting to understand and not just properties but looking at deals in a dynamic way so it's not just taking okay a hundred and fifty thousand dollars and dropping them on a property and then now you have a a rental property or whatever the case is there's different ways of doing even different kinds of deals to make that money even last wider and longer so then you can then turn around and then do it again it's concepts like that that I'm hoping to have a better grasp on in the next year so that um, I can be able to just talk to Matt like and we're speaking the same language where I'm not just like, OK, hold on. Let me write that down a little bit. Let me, you know, and that's the way it feels right now. Right now, it just feels like I'm playing catch up uh, or you know what it feels like. I don't know if you remember that old phrase. I think it's a Star Wars phrase. I don't know. I'm not big of a Star Wars guy, but, uh, you know, when the when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. <laughs> Uh-huh. And, and I think that's been referenced a few times on your show since I, since I've been working in the background. But I think that's the most important thing. I think is what happened is that I find my place, uh, find myself in a place where I'm ready to uh, learn and start this journey. And I, it's just been a godsend that uh, Matt saw that potential in me uh, and took a, a risk. That's what it is. He took a risk on saying that. Hey, you have this opportunity right in front of you. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna invest in you first, so I can show you what investing is, not just in a in a person, but also in in financial future to seek freedom and liberty in your life, so you're not bound by the corporate world or any other uh, job that you can gain some freedom from. I want to dial this back a little bit because when you first started talking about 
kind of the deal analysis right there. Mm-hmm. You were kind of talking about the science versus the art of comping a property, which is something that a lot of people that are new fail to realize because there is certainly a science to it, but there is an art to it as well. Because if you if you can look at it creatively, you can think of new solutions that nobody else was even pondering. Yeah. Right. So you could really find ways of 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 squeezing the most juice out of a property as possible. And you need to be able to lean into the creative art form there. So like just kind of give me your thoughts on it as a I don't know how to word this correctly. Let's say a relative novice. I yeah. mean hopefully that's not offensive. Yeah. Um <laughs> it's like you've already seen the difference between the science and the art. Yeah. Like just kind of give me your thoughts on that because I think there's like a very clear distinction there in valuing properties. Well, yeah, so it's not and it's not just evaluating properties, and that's the one thing that I'm learning as of right now. Uh, it's also evaluating deals and uh, listing prices. Mm-hmm. So you see a listing price, and it's like, okay, there, there's ways of making a deal that will work even better for you. So it's not just the money. It's not just making the money work for you. It's not just making the property work for you, but it's also making these deals work for you. And those are the different dynamics of this art and science. And it is an art and science. You know, it's just like they say, art and science. When, any, when anything, any discipline that, you, that, that, that you're learning, there is an art and science. Art as in, you know, the more that you do it, the better you get at it. But the science part is there are rules apply. And if you stay true to those, uh, those rules, they will, they will play out and make a more robust uh, a way of dealing with all these different things, regardless of what it is. You know, it could be whatever. But when it comes to the real estate market or the real estate game or the investment game, it's it's there's so many different dynamics. Like me and Matt were talking about this one property and, you know, on the surface, I was just thinking one way. Hey, this is, you know, and then Matt's like, well, no, here's he flipped the script, turned the page. And here's another way. Turn the page. And here's another way. There's multiple ways of doing it. Uh, My always thought was like you just drop down the cash uh, and, and the property's yours. And then there you go. And then it's toiling and. Hopefully one day it will make a return, but I think that's the interesting. I'm still learning. There's there's still so much to this game that um, that I'm I'm learning on a daily basis, and a big part of it too is just listening to the conversations of seasoned uh, investors and people that have been in the game for a lot longer than I have, and I think that's the most interesting thing, uh, and that's why my conversations with Matt on the one to one are very helpful. Because I'm a visual learner, and there's no way of getting around that. Like when it comes to how I how I pick up things, um, it, it, the reality is that sometimes it takes me multiple times. But more 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 than often, I, I need to see it right in front of me. I know Matt. And the beautiful thing is Matt's a numbers guy, so it's like okay, so you like in his head, like he'll be sitting there throwing out numbers, and I'm just like I'm still trying to catch up to the first number you said, and you're already way <laughs> over here. You know, to be, but. But so luckily, Matt has the patience with me to kind of like slow down and kind of like okay, here's. Here you go. I'm like, ah, okay, got it. But yeah, anybody, <laughs> anybody that wants a life of purpose and freedom that is open to that advice, I love to pour into that. Like being somebody who was a math teacher making 30 something thousand dollars a year, being involved in the ministry, like I know what it's like to work really hard, tons of hours. Sometimes you're appreciated, sometimes you're not. And, you know, to be able to have had the opportunity to get to where I am now, like there's nothing that brings me more joy than to pour into people like you that work really hard, are always serving others. And if I can elevate you by just providing opportunity or knowledge, 
then you can use all of your gifts to serve the world. Um, and I just laugh, I chuckle because your intro into this was, you know, the theory that this is a get rich quick scheme and all these things. And it makes me laugh because you're not the only one. I would imagine most mm -hmm. people new to this feel that way because of their general knowledge of how things work, but it's not even limited to new investors. Like agents feel this way sometimes. One thing that I found to be so interesting, like I wear my hat backwards. I don't know if people know what I'm wearing, but it's a hat. It's backwards. Um, is I always want to remind myself that there's always more than one way to do something. And oftentimes the way that everybody does something is not always the way that is the best way to do something. Like we're told from birth, you know, you have to go to college because that's the path. You know, in real estate, you have to buy money. You have to put lots of money down. You have to pay it off and all these things. There are cases where that's the best play. But if you want to build freedom, waiting to pay it off cash or, or those types of things, you'll be dead by the time you have freedom. And so I went and search for something. What is something that is legally good, morally okay, that can work? Mm -hmm. And what I found was there, there's no shortage of ways as long as you're creative enough to solve people's problems. Mm. And fortunately, there's been some people that have gone ahead of me that have set some amazing paths that we could walk in. Um, but I, I think what you're pointing out, Rudy, is so powerful because I don't doubt that there are countless others that feel the way that you did and literally just have to be walked through this process. I literally have a gal that's doing it now that said, hey, I was dreaming about you two nights ago because I had so much fear I had so much fear about this, but I couldn't unthink the thoughts that you told me. Uh, and so I know that this feeling is not unique to you. Yeah. Well, yeah. And it's, I believe, I believe it, it, it can't be, I, uh, there has to be other people that are beginning this journey or that are first introduced to the idea of pursuing real estate investing as a way of being financially uh, free. Uh, and, but for me, the, the biggest thing wasn't just it wasn't just the uh, the idea and conversating with you it's just like i would like you're talking about being ha having habits or being told or taught over so many years of a way of thinking and and one one of the prevailing things and i'll and i'll share this you know because i don't know if there might be anybody out there that might that this might be able they may not be able to relate to but i i barely graduated high school um I didn't go to college because I thought college people from my neck of the woods, people from my demographic didn't do those things. Those were reserved for other people, not for me. Uh, when I was in the third grade, they diagnosed me with a learning disability and I was in remedial classes from third grade all the way through high school. And so I assumed that identity, we're talking about identity here. So I assumed that identity, that if things were too difficult for me to either understand or do was because I, I, I was physically incapable of understanding or learning those things and I assumed that identity and I carried that with me for a very long time so when it came to thinking outside of the box like the way that I'm doing now it's just like it would never have entered my wheelhouse my whole goal in life uh, like everybody else in my family was just to stay away from drugs stay away from the streets stay away from gangs and hopefully you can get a good job you know my and 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 get a house and that's it you know you just live the you know the, the the white picket fence kind of dream which for people from my neck of the woods uh was unattainable for the most part 
Very few people from where I came from actually attained that. And if they did, they were working uh, uh, 40, 50, 60 hours a week doing blue-collar work. My dad was a construction worker. And, you know, so those are the only kind of like successes that you could obtain. So for me, and and it was really interesting because I remember my grandfather was really wise. And he told me, he says, they can either work hard with your your mind or hard with your body. And my thought was, Mm -hmm. well, I'm not smart. So I'm going to have to work hard with my body till the day I'm able of doing that. But now, you know, experiencing the blessings that I have now by being able to be to have the the. The finances, and that, that I know that's a big part of it. Is is God gifted me with 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 the, with buying the house, having this much money that from selling the house to be able to do this, do it, but but then taking the risk to other people from my family, they would see that as you're 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 squandering. You might as well go to Vegas and drop it in a, a you know on the craps table or something like that. It, it's more too much of a gamble because it was always searching for security. So now I'm stepping outside of the box. Um, and saying, hey, uh, though I had security uh, in in this, I'm going to try this uh, and see where that takes me. And not to say that it's a, it is a risk, but it's not like a, uh, a pie-in-the-sky kind of dream. There's actually some tested in art and science. Let's go back to that. There's, there, there, there's, there's a mode of doing it. There's a way of doing it. And, and, and – there's there's ways of being successful if you stay true to the tried and true ways and even sometimes thinking out of the out of the box and being unorthodox. So everyone who listens to our show knows Matt and I are passionate about obtaining financial freedom through real estate investing. We also know that everyone's situations and goals are different. And while there are programs out there that show you a path to financial freedom, many of these programs are just too cookie cutter and don't take your personality, situation, and desired outcome into account. Think about the number of times you have watched a guru online and tried to do the exact same thing as they did, but had nowhere near the same results. You are not alone. When I got started, I was continually paying for courses and getting only partial results until I discovered the path that made sense for me. And the results prove this. Most online course creators have let us in on their dirty secret that 90 to 95% of their students never complete their course and achieve their desired outcome. This is why we have opened up a few one-on-one coaching slots with Freedom Chasers Coaching, where you can get a plan to financial freedom that is completely customized to fit who you are and where you want to go, and most importantly, how you want to get there. Where you can get a plan to financial freedom that is completely customized to fit who you are, where you want to go, and how you want to get there. The benefit of working with Matt and I is that we are interviewing between 5 and 20 successful people every single week. We have accumulated hundreds of seven-figure strategies and gotten the inside scoop from these successful entrepreneurs. We are able to work with you to pick the strategy that will fit the best and then help you create the custom plan and steps to take you quickly into financial freedom. The fastest way between two points is a straight line. If you want to get rid of the many curves in the road that can make the journey longer and more costly, then go to coaching.freedomchaserspodcast.com and book a call with us, and let's get you on a straight line path to freedom. Let me ask you this, because you have been listening to the show, right? Oh, yes, I have. <laughs> um, and you have to have been noticing some similarities between what people are saying, because most people going through this journey, it ends up being somewhat similar. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we'll call, um, Matt likes to use the term the hockey stick. Um, so, I mean, generally, I mean, you are in a tremendous position because you can lean on Matt. Most people, when they get started, don't have such an awesome mentor to get started with, and it ends up being a, a string of failures, before any successes come. So like what kind of takeaways have you gotten from this show so far? 
Um, and, wow. and what kind of consistencies have you seen? Well, some of the consistency I've seen is like some some of the people that have found success wasn't even their thought to even get into the real estate investment world. Um, either fell into their lap or was something they had to do because something else closed or they were unable to do a different the job they had been doing. So they needed another option and they kind of fell into to it that way. Um, and I do feel extremely blessed to have Matt because I don't this would have never have entered the thought of my mind to even consider something like this, uh, mainly because it is seem like either a reserved for a certain few, uh, the ultra wealthy uh, or um, just yeah, I just didn't I just didn't think too much about it. So be, and I understood why. But the, but the difference with, with, with the Matt and this is where I feel kind of I don't want to say guilty. Uh, but like to, to, to be able to have the conversations with Matt, because at first it was just like over my head, like, oh, yeah, you're it sounds really good. But I'm just like, I'm not seeing it, Matt. I, I just I'm not in that spot yet. But I am really fortunate because he's taken the time to actually sit and explain and talk these things through, like not to say that I have uh like mental limitations and need a, a, like a, a book, a coloring book that explains everything. But but at the same time, it, it, it he recognizes how foreign it is. The, the, all these concepts are because they have never entered entered into my mind as a way of of building a a future of, and hopefully building wealth that is able that I'm able to enjoy and also able to pass down that that is long lasting is not just going to end. You know, like people that just hope for retirement. Okay, then they retire, they get their pension, they get their money, and hopefully it's enough. If not, they got to go get a part-time job, and then by the end of it, hopefully there's something to hand down to your kids if there is anything left. And and that basically was just a trajectory I was on. Basically, Rudy, one of the main reasons I'm I'm excited for this is one, I, I love helping people individually. Like I love that you, Rudy, are going to succeed. But the thing, the reason that I was so excited to put this particular episode together is we are starting this episode before you've hit. The mountain and so people can watch like i don't want this to be a one episode scenario i want this to be i don't know if it's every six months or once a year or what's the appropriate thing or maybe if we just do it based on when the story starts to change yeah. but i'd like this to be a multi-series episode so people can really understand like like what you're saying here is not fabricated it's it's your raw feelings and i want people to experience what it's like to go from that all the way to the mountain. And so while I might not be able to coach everybody one-on-one, -on -one, like I do with you, they can hopefully be able to learn the lessons that you're learning along the way. And then, you know, maybe partake in a community that we can help them as a group, kind of like group tribal, you know, uh, bringing them up. But like the whole purpose of this is to get as many people that feel like you, that want that freedom there as humanly possible. No, and, and that's, and and that's part of the thing that I've been thinking. It's like, as I'm learning this, I'm like, why don't why don't more people, more people do this? And I don't think it's I don't think it's because they're necessarily not wanting to. I just think it's just the amount. I don't want to say the amount of knowledge. I think it's just it's just understanding exactly what it is. I think it's a big problem. It, it, it's it's something that that maybe some people they might comprehend it a little bit, but there's a level of of not just comprehension but apprehension that go hand in hand with that so you got to be able to understand it a little bit more but then when you actually take it and grasp it and then you're able to kind of like like tangibly see the numbers and see like okay if i did this and did this and you know and, and it does it does take a little bit of coaching in our reality for me that's what it took i mean i don't know i mean sometimes i feel like matt just dropped out of the sky with the with uh 
with this knowledge already baked into cake here. Uh, but I know that for the most part, like in my, in my situation, I did I didn't have that. Like not that I wasn't a visionary, I couldn't see it, but it was just like I said outside outside of that wheelhouse. I would say it was it wasn't even a thought. Um, and sometimes I even said like, how do real estate agents make so much money? It's like 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 even that like even just being a real estate agent, it just it just the inner workings of it or the 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 understanding of how you can take you know this amount and then through strategic and 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 strategic risks and planning you could then do this this and this and then it turned into this because like i said on the offset of this episode it's just like for the most part for me i just took oh that's just another get rich scheme you know it's just it's just too big of a risk there is risks and that's something we've talked about before Mm -hmm. there are there are risks but they're calculated risks they're not just taking your money and throwing it in a slot machine kind of risks. There, 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 there's ways of intent, thought, foresight, and going into all this. And it just takes a lot of mental exercise and mental work uh, to really dissect everything. It's, it, it, it's not just going to the corner store and buying a lotto ticket, so, so to speak, and hope, hoping that you get the right numbers. But, yeah. Totally. And this wasn't even something that came naturally to me. Like I loved real estate, so I pursued it. But like when you're learning these concepts, especially when you're getting into creative financing and all these different ways you could solve problems, it, it's a lot to take in. Like even for someone that already has real estate background, like to be honest, I felt like a boomer who was given a brand new iPhone and asked to research crypto. You know, it's just like, it's so far outside the norm of the industry in general. Plus like it's all these things. Like, so instead of like very simple, like make an offer, put a down payment, buy a house. It's like, you have to solve this complex problem to make it all work. For example, the seller doesn't want to pay taxes all in year one. And they have this problem. And, and like the one person we were talking to today, it's, it's 15 units, but 12 are in disrepair. And so, you know, depending on how you think about it, most buyers might think, well, I got to fix all these units up, but maybe not, right? So how you look at the problem and how you strategize can completely alter the value of the property, what you have to do. And so it's it's get rich quick to some degree if you can solve all the problems like yeah. a pro. And you know, most people when they're pros make tons of money. You know, so that type of thing, but uh I'd like to to focus the conversation for a second on your origins. You were diagnosed with a learning disability. You were the first person in your family to graduate from high school. I want to go through that again because I want to touch on what were the steps, the practices that you did to overcome these crazy identity labels that people put on you so that you were even at a place that you and I could yeah. work together. Oh, oh, wow. And it was really tumultuous. I mean, my parents, like though I, though I love them and they did their best considering the circumstances, still was a really difficult situation to, to be raised in in that environment where there was always always things happening and then also the constant moving the maybe do we have do we are we homeless yes we are and you know it's just it was those constant situations so it really takes a toll on somebody in in, in the development of you know when they're growing up uh so so i carried that in the third grade they said okay well he's not learning as fast as the other students well i look at it now and it wasn't because i was i wasn't capable of doing it it was because there was so much going on at home 
in my home life that it just was so much of a distraction that there was a really lack of motivation to do almost anything. And it, you know, one of the things I suffered was 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 school. So one of the things I did I did I did acquire that identity label even on myself. You know, when when you're considered re- remedial, and back in those days, this is what they called they called it remedial. So all the other kids had a so when they would put the school assignments or the class assignments, you know, the homework on the board. So, okay, so for, you know, where this is our assignment, and then right next to that, okay, so for people, you know, the for special, you know, they had a different level that weren't as difficult, so here's your guys' assignment, and, okay, oh, well, that's what I'm doing. And, you know, just assume that identity, you know, going to resource and special ed classes, and, like, okay, this is, this is just who I am, and I assume that. So thinking big, um about myself was definitely out of the picture. So I was lucky enough just to graduate high school, though it took me a while and took me, uh, I took a lot of effort, you know, and uh, I graduated high school. But I, I definitely said I, I, I'm not going to college because I'm definitely not smart enough to go to college. Uh, I, I don't have the ability. I, I'm a very poor reader or whatever the excuses I had, so I didn't do that. I found myself um, just getting a job, work, driving a truck, uh, working, you know, and just working and that was it and then eventually i found myself um found myself in 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 a situation where i was confronted with an issue uh relating and this is off topic but it's relating to to the bible i was raised in church but i never really learned a lot about it because it wasn't really encouraged and then i started learning certain things and then what interesting started happening is as i started learning i started realizing wait a minute these are really deep concepts and i'm understanding them and I'm getting them, and I'm retaining them, and I'm able to search and look up words and go back to the Greek and Hebrew and learn all this stuff. And I'm like, maybe I am smart. And that started that started Whoa. this progression of maybe I'm not as dumb as people say that I, that I am. And I started looking around, and I'm like, I'm learning things that the people around me are not understanding. You know, and I'm able to, to dissect and learn these, these huge concepts. And then I just started doing other things. And I, so I started studying other things and started reading history books, started studying about all these other different areas. And I'm like, there, it was like a breakthrough where I started shedding that identity that, that I'm not smart because I – and it started in that point. And then it just started this normal progression. It's not like all of a sudden I sat down and I was writing numbers on the board like Albert Einstein and figuring out all these – yeah, heavens <laughs> opened up. Big oh. equations, and like that. You know, math is still a weak point for me. Numbers and math are still a weak point for me. There's no way around that. <laughs> and I'm getting into real estate investing, right? <laughs> but, uh, but, but I was able to understand concepts and and ideas along those lines that are that are really vast and wide. And that's why when talking with Matt, I could understand the concepts. I may not right away understand the number details okay like this number here that relates to this number and this number and, vi- and vice versa but i'm able to understand the concepts of thinking big and looking at th- like looking at property and things in, in a visionary mindset like oh this just isn't a, a blank piece of land but this land sits here next to this next to this and uh it, you could use you know so and i don't have a problem thinking in those lines the numbers part is the other thing, but anyway. So back to the original point of my conversation, uh, my my <laughs> the answer to the question. But it was just understanding at that moment that I'm able to do things that I never thought possible if I just shed these 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 identities. So that these identities no longer become well. If it's hard, you're not smart enough. That's why you can't get it. No, I can get it, and it's just going to take more work to understand it. 
So the heart, the more work you put into it, the more that you're gonna, un- the better you're gonna understand it. It's just gonna, and that, and I learned that art and science thing that you were talking about, Tim. I learned that years ago because when I started mm-hmm. studying the Bible, for instance, that was one thing. Was, there's an art and a science to it. There, there's a science that there's rules apply, and if you apply the rules, then you'll get better at it. That's the art that you get better at it and better at it and better at it. And that's the one thing that I learned. Okay, you, you you apply to the rules or you stick to the rules. And then the more that you do these rules, you'll get better at it. And not just better, but you're able to look at things differently. Not not in a revel- like in a rev- like in a revelation, so to speak, but you're able to, to see it in, in a wider sense. So a property with 15 units that 12 of them are not useful, you can see it in a completely different way. Okay, here's another way of tackling this problem. And that's the one thing that I've learned is because it's not just – it's it, there is some there there's a lot of objectivity that i'm learning but there's also some subjectivity in how you look at things so it's kind of like a relation of of both because numbers are objective there's no way around it numbers are objective but how you look at property Mm -hmm. and how you look at deals is so subjective like there's so many different ways that you could tackle all these different things that's one thing i'm noticing but it took it took a revelation on my part almost like 20 years ago, maybe longer than that, but yeah, about 20 years ago for me to understand it. And I say it's a slow progression on seeing myself as other than what other people have or the labels that other people have put on me. So seeing myself as smart enough, yeah, I see myself as smart enough to understand almost anything. I could sit and I, – I, as, as on a routine basis now, I'll sit and I'll listen to lectures, college lectures and, and, and philosophical debates and things along those lines because those are the things that spark my interest and those are the things that help me get to a point of realizing you know you are smart enough just because you're some some hispanic kid that was raised in the ghetto uh doesn't mean that you can't achieve heights that other people have you know and i just that's where i am today so you mentioned the limiting belief right that you thought that you were not intelligent so i mean i can relate to you on, on many levels there because like I misidentified myself so many different points in my life, it's 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 almost sickening, right? Because like I was always told I was quiet, you know, so you're shy. So I identified as shy. When like naturally I'm I'm more of an extrovert, but if you, if your whole family tells you you're shy, you just kind of listen. You're like, yeah, I guess I'm shy. Um, so it took you an extreme amount of work to be able to get past that, right? What would you say? to somebody that is in the same position as you were in order to encourage them to get over that well, limiting belief. I think belief. it's just it's just challenge well the one thing that I say too cuz you know I work also alongside with 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 uh, high school kids and other kids and you know one of the things I ask them too you know it's just like it try to set them up right because even when I was in high school I could I I couldn't tell you for the life of me where my life was going to go like I had no clue no clue like most people you know that are on a trajectory they have their whole next 20 years planned out i'm going to go to school i'm going to do this i'm going to do that you know i'm going to go to college and then i'm going to go in this field and and major in this and all this stuff i had none of that so i think that the biggest thing is number one is just realizing that there needs to be a plan that you need to actually strive for something because as soon as you don't strive for something that's when you start to die 
in my opinion. The moment that uh, um, mm. uh, it's really interesting, you know, I can go into some biblical philosophy in that, too. You know, we're always striving. You always got to strive towards something. The moment you stop striving, you might as well just just die. So like one of the things I tell some some students sometimes or even some young kids or even, you know, family members that are in that transitional life where they're moving from, you know, uh, child age to adult age or high school age to now you're exiting high school is you need to know exactly before you walk that stage, what's the next step that you're going to have and start working towards it and start thinking along those lines and, and kind of like, like walking in, in, in that. So if, um, if you're going to go to college, you better know exactly what you're going to do. So you're not spending money and time on something that's not going to accomplish anything. And, uh, if I, and if I were to talk to myself back in those days, I would, I would try to encourage myself to look at some of the good things that, that, cause I, I'm a, I consider myself a very creative person and I wish if I can go back, I can, probably get myself into a film school or art school uh, because I know that I excel in those things and who knows maybe if I would have done that I would have been the next major director or, or screenwriter or something along those lines um, but I think it's just really understanding is playing to strengths and everybody's strength is different we have to sh number one I think the first thing is to shed the the idea that every there, there's a mold that everybody should fit in right so and I think that was part of my problem is mm -hmm. I didn't fit the traditional successful mold. So therefore, I'm not going to be successful uh, because I couldn't see myself fitting in that mold. The reality is uh, uh, we're all different with different personalities, different uh, ways of looking at the world, of the, uh, even looking at problems and then just embracing that. And, OK, so what do you what do you want to do with that? Like and that's what I would, would have told myself. It's like, look at your strengths. Look at look at the things that you are good at. Look at look at. The, the, even the way that people think, it's incredible. Sometimes the way people think are, are so valuable and say a lot about who they are and just, just encouraging people to continue just to think, think, think through their, their issues, think through their problems. And that, that could be even a, a, a opening up a door because sometimes people are taught not to think. Here's the way things are supposed to be done. Here's the playbook. Mm -hmm. Don't stray from this. And that's it. But I think that's so limiting. Just by telling people, just go ahead and think and think outside the box. Because in our reality, that's what it takes from what I have seen people say in the real estate world. And, it, and that goes for any world, regardless if it's athletics, whether it's uh, uh, filmmaking. You know, thinking outside the box could pay off in, in major ways. So I think that's the biggest thing is just telling people just to, to, reckon, to understand whether or not they're assuming identities that were meant for other people or somebody's projecting their identity onto you and then finding who you are where your interests are where you see your life going and actually going after it you know, and then and if you fail and, and i always tell them it's like always have an a and a b and a c and and think because if you as soon as you put yourself in a box as soon as that box is gone then you got nothing else but there, there's always other avenues and just to think outside of that box to this box to this box to this box and never never stop never never stop dreaming or was it or believing that it is journey, I'm gonna start singing journey all of a sudden. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. You can never have too much journey, right? Steve Perry. Um I'm gonna dial back a little bit. Maybe get a little dark. Um so you mentioned that you had some childhood trauma growing up, and I could relate to you there. Um I don't want to get into specifics. Um but um mm -hmm. let's just say mental health and drug and alcohol use was rampant in um, my house as a child. Um, do you think that going through those struggles has made you who you are today 
and it ultimately was a challenge going through it. Um, but it was a challenge that was absolutely necessary to make you who, are, who you are today as successful as you are. Or no, do you I, think I something different? Now, if I, if you were to ask me that question maybe a few years ago, about five, six years ago, or seven years ago, I'd probably give you a completely different answer, because my whole goal in life. Uh, mm. I try was pain avoidance. I experienced enough pain in my life. I want to try to run from pain as much as possible and try to avoid it. But thinking back at it now, I realize that the pain that we experience in life, the suffering, the grief, the heartache, um, is all very valuable if you put that resource in its proper place and make it work for you. And that's the beautiful thing that I'm also learning during this real estate investment thing is you know making money and property work for you you can make anything in your life that is seemingly a negative work for you if you put it in its proper place um, and that's one thing that, that i that i that i had to learn so all all of the heartache that i went through because yeah I, I struggled you know with with low self-esteem i had a speech impediment that was another thing i was diagnosed with and uh, you know because i could i had a deep mm -hmm. stutter which you can tell i probably shed that by now because <laughs> i do a lot of talking you have <laughs> you're yeah. gone well, I mean, you know, I mean, honestly, that that type of stuff is common in childs that yeah. grow up in a traumatic environment. I yeah. used to not be able to say my R's, like I couldn't say my R's. Um, so, I mean, that's yeah, that, yeah, that, that's and, a fairly and, and common so, thing. So it's just like understanding like all those different types of things. Like, okay, so I, I had self esteem issues, I was insecure, and there was even thoughts where I was just like, should I even exist anymore? My upbringing mm. was, you know, on a mental health side of it was was pretty difficult, and. Uh, so it was just it was just a struggle day to day to hopefully okay maybe hopefully things don't blow up today you know kind of kind of mentality, uh, but 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 would 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 I trade it for something else? No. Um, would would I have liked to have been a millionaire's kid? Maybe, but the reality is is like would I have appreciated it? I don't know. I think we all have our path and our journey for a reason, and and th th there's a form of thinking that I believe that that everything's done for a purpose especially you know as as a biblical theist and as a christian and so i think think along those lines now then you know, i though i have not always thought along these lines but that our our suffering and our pain are valuable in the hands of a sovereign god and that's just there's no way other way of thinking about it even even that the, the I have not been perfect and I have lived my life perfect. I will not pretend that I lived my life perfect. Uh, in dealing with my with my hurts, aches, pains, and everything, I've done some, some pretty messed up stuff. But at the same time, instead of reveling in, in, in my guilt and shame and, and all that stuff, I'm able to let it go because in all reality, a lot of people make even that stuff their identity. And that, can, and that just takes their hurt and pain, mm. turns it into their mm -hmm. shame and guilt, and that just does not end that cycle. And so for me, I, I'm grateful that I was able to experience what I experienced and even done the things that I've done to be able to put myself in a situation where I could look back at my life and say that I am the man I am today because I went through that and I made it through that and I kept my head about it. And I think and but it was wasn't just because of me. I mean, I don't want to be arrogant and say that, oh, I, I picked up my own boots, but my own boots by their bootstrap and and went and did work. I mean, I had to do some from some incredibly hard things uh during i had to go through counseling i went through 12-step programs i had was in like a, a you know one of those groups like hi my name is rudy hi rudy you know so i had to do that i had to go through <laughs> stuff like that to get myself to the point where i am now so it's not like it was just uh uh i had to do some work but at the same time there was the right people at the right time that invested in my life uh just like we in you know we're investing in property to rehab property it's as simple as simple as that to to think 
that it's just about property, but also rehabbing lives, investing in people to rehab lives. And that's what I've had mm-hmm. the benefit of having, whether through great counselors, great mentors, great pastors, uh, and also a great friends. Like Matt is one of them that has invested time and conversation uh, to rehab, help in the rehab process in my life to set me on this path. And now we're looking at rehabbing property, you know, investing in property to rehab property, you know, so it's mm-hmm. going to go full mm-hmm. circle at some point. And so just diving in deeper, like you've referenced your faith, you've referenced the fact that you're a Christian, that you focus on the Bible. One thing I find to be interesting is that a lot of people, when they reference the Bible, feel like it's mm. the source of guilt and shame. Like it's the thing that points it out. But you're referencing that you overcame your guilt and shame. You're also referencing the fact that what was in, in amidst the, the biblical studies that you yeah. recognized your intelligence. So mm-hmm. if you wouldn't mind sharing, like, has the Bible put more guilt and shame on you? Uh, so a misunderstanding mm-hmm. of what the scriptures say and what, what the Bible says uh, will, will cause you to believe that, that God is a God that is only about you doing what you're supposed to do. And if you don't do good, then he's going to punish you for that. You know, and it's interesting. I'm, I'm a big hip hop guy. So that's one of the one of a uh, phrase that Tupac had said in one of his songs was mm-hmm. like, is, you know, he asked this question, is God just a cop waiting to beat me up if I, you know, if I mess up pretty much? I don't want to go too far into it. But that's basically that's basically the, the, the mentality that a lot of people have. It's just like God is just like a cop. He's just there to uh, to to get you and, and when you do wrong, but I think that's a complete misunderstanding of God and the scripture. The point of the point of the law is basically to, to, for us to recognize that how imperfect we are, that no matter how hard we try, that we're not going to come to a place where we can call ourselves good enough. Uh, so the point of the law is to show us that we're not good enough and that we're in need of something else. And that need from my understanding of reading of scripture is that uh, a need of a savior who is it's Jesus. Uh, so so in understanding that 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 we're covered by a righteousness that is not a, that is not ours but uh, a Jesus that is what alleviates guilt and shame. The the problem is uh, historically through the church and even through society at large, uh, whenever you mess up and you and you fail, you're automatically cast out, and you have to then wallow in your guilt and your shame. The beautiful thing about a a church or a community that is following the scriptures and has a heart after God will realize that even pastor or the man of God behind the pulpit is subject to the wrath of God. And the only reason why he isn't succumbed to the wrath of God is because he's covered by a righteousness that is not his own and that he could fall just the same as any other person or sin as any other person. So there's a there's a humbling in that. So I had to realize that my my guilt and shame was no different than anybody else's. I was just more open and honest about it to realize, you know, especially going through 12-step programs. I went through a 12-step program, you know, uh, uh, you know, here in the area. And that was one of the things, you know, you got to admit, you know, admit and admitting is one of the one of the uh, uh, the first part of on the road of recovery. So it's just walking that walking through it. But most people because it's so painful, like when you have to be confronted when, when somebody confronts you when you've done something wrong. It, it's really it, there, there's a, who 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 would have likes to admit that they've done something wrong, you know, <laughs> or made a mistake or messed up or blew it. Uh, and that that's a huge hurdle to get over because that's where that's where healing happens and that's where recovery happens when you just get to the point of you admit hey you know I I got a problem I messed up I made a mistake great let's come alongside of you out of love and work towards so that doesn't become a theme of your life or what I or what your becomes your identity but your identity is found in something else 
but it's not your guilt. It's not your shame. It's not even your habits or your actions. Those are just things that are, those are, those are just responses to hurts and pains in your life. Let's heal the hurts and pains. Cause if you don't heal the hurt and pain, you're just going to fall right back into that cycle. And that's the whole point of what I think it what will alleviate guilt and shame is by going back and dealing with the hurt that was caused to you. And then also the hurt that you caused others. And it's just a whole train that you got to walk through. And it's painful. It's hard for people that have been through that to realize that, okay, I got to go revisit that thing that that person did to me when I was that young. And then, Oh, I gotta, I gotta then go and make amends to the people that I've hurt because I was so hurt back then that it just resonated throughout my life. So, to me, that's the healing that the scriptures provide in that way, not a shaming like, "Oh, how dare you, you, you dirty sinner," but a way of looking at like, "Okay, uh, let, let, we're going to pick you up as as a as a church body, as a community of believers. We're going to pick you up. We're we're going to help you through this and walk your way." And the beautiful thing that I have seen in that is, I let me tell be honest with you. I, when I first started this journey, you know, in, in church and with Christ, it wasn't easy. I made mistakes all the time, and I can tell you some stories of things that I kind of made mistakes on, and never at one time that I feel like they were ready to kick me out. It was more of like we're going to come alongside you, we're going to help you, uh, hopefully to, uh, to 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 not hopefully, but to see God work in your life in a way where these don't become what I, what you identify. Uh, how you, how your life is identified, or they don't become the theme of your life anymore. But you, but you can see glory in seeing the the right responses from your hurt and pain become the theme of your life. Yeah, well, you know, it ties. Like, I mean, so even for listeners that you know don't share these same belief structures, the thing that I find fascinating is how yeah. through this process your identity shifts. Like, it, it allowed you to shift your identity in a way that shed your past. So whether someone's a Christian or they have another belief system, I think the main key yeah. here is the identity shifts that happen. And mm-hmm. and I know for you, it's obviously tied to your faith, which is so powerful, but it was, it was powerful enough that that shift did take place. I really love the thoughtfulness and thoroughness of your answers, Rudy. I wanted to just kind of bring back um, you, a lot of the identity um, things that you plowed through and the solutions that you found um, through God in your scenario, um, I'd use a similar strategy. So like a lot of things in life are based on the lens that you're viewing them through, right? Um, So if you change the lens, you could change the whole experience. Um, So I like to look at things as there's no such thing as a good experience or a positive or a negative experience, right? So there's good to be pulled from the bad. And there's bad to be pulled from the good. So what I do, this is a mental exercise that I do almost daily, is I'll identify a certain emotion that I have. And I'll go through it very thoroughly. So if I'm having a positive experience, I will force myself to see all the negative repercussions of that or potential negative repercussions of that experience and vice versa. Right. Um, And this is a way for me to find balance. And um I'm just seeing a lot of probably not the exact same strategies, right? But it's just kind of the same thing. So I mean it's just it's a statement, not 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 so much a question, but I mean I'm following the way that you're speaking and I'm not thinking of it in a religious way. I'm just thinking of it as as a way of which lens do you view your experience in life? And I think there's nothing more important than taking control of the lens that you're viewing through. I mean, that's really what it's about is it's about orienting yourself in a way where you can get what you need to from every circumstance. 
where when a circumstance seems bad, you could still pull the positive. Mm. Um, and, and to not be complacent when times are good. You know, I think that's one thing that we've seen from our guests that I appreciate so much is that they're constantly reflecting on the things that even when things are going good, how do we dig deeper? Like we had someone on earlier today where despite the fact that he's wildly financially successful, he still goes back to the moments where he wasn't as for inspiration um, so that he continues to improve day upon day and provide more value. And just so we can have at least one story on this episode, my story for Rudy is the story of buying him buying his first home. So Rudy has mentioned that he had a rough upbringing and lived in some rough places. I was not aware of this when I was helping him find his first home. And so while legally we're not allowed to, you know, tell people mm -hmm. about neighborhoods and things like that, I always like to ask the person like, hey, are you aware of this neighborhood and is this a good neighborhood for your family so they can make the decision for themselves? So my particular feeling, although I didn't necessarily make it explicitly known to Rudy, was that this neighborhood he was going to be buying, it was, you know, possibly some could be potentially somewhat unsafe. So I just said, hey, Rudy, have you done any research on the neighborhood? And, and, and do you feel like this is a good fit for your family? And he goes, Matt, I used to grow up where bullets were flying all the time. Like, this is a great neighborhood. And I'm like, all right, let's go. <laughs> so um, yeah. it, it's all about perspective. Mm -hmm. So that kind of gave me my first glimpse into what Rudy was life, life was like when he was younger. And so Rudy's, ironically, Rudy's first perch or Rudy's, you know, upbringing would definitely probably qualify as an early story, uh, you know, in, uh -huh. in our scenario. And to watch you now go from there to living in one of the safest neighborhoods in a, one of the yep. safest towns in a one hour, two hour radius, poised to do something epic yep. is, yeah, crazy exciting. So, Rudy, thank you so much for being on this episode and doing this abnormal podcast and, and totally paving the way for the story. You're putting yourself at risk here. So I'm going to wrap up a little bit differently today. So generally, we're asking you to take action on one thing, and we're still asking that of you today. But with this particular episode, if you are sitting in fear, if you have a label on yourself that you're not intelligent or you can't do it or whatever that thing is, I want you to identify that in the next seven days. And I want you to put a plan in place to shed that identity and replace it with the identity that will serve you in the future with the identity that will say, okay, it's time, as Rudy has declared, it's time that I don't accept society's labels for me. I don't accept my current financial situation. I'm going to give up what I have to go for something better. I need you to tell somebody about that in the next seven days so they can hold you accountable because freedom is a lot closer than you think. Freedom is obtained one action at a time. So please take the action so that you can also obtain a life of purpose and freedom. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Again, thank you, Rudy, for giving us your time. And we will catch you guys on the next episode. Please like, comment, share, and subscribe. Engagement is like gold to us. We can't do what we're doing without it. Reviews and subscriptions, particularly on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, are worth more than money. So please do what you can to support the show. 